0: Rx Security has over 30 years experience printing tamper-resistant prescription pads and EHR paper that is Medicaid and state compliant. To prescribe safely, visit rxsecurity.com. That's rxsecurity.com. This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona. Mikey is the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. For more information about MICA, call 602-956-5276, or visit www.mica-insurance.com. Hi, my name is Dr. Monica Faria, I am board certified in general and addiction psychiatrist and an MCMS member. Welcome to today's podcast.
1: If not, then a physician needs to firmly but professionally decline to prescribe or order it because complying with patient demands for things that are medically unnecessary creates real legal risks.
2: Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElrogate, your host for today's episode. And we're joined today by Jean Varner Powell. She is a senior legal risk management consultant for Micah's risk management services department. Jean has been a successful attorney for over 20 years. She spent 17 years as a litigator, defending hospitals, physicians, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. One of the things she enjoyed most during those years was educating, coaching, and supporting physicians and other healthcare professionals through the litigation process. As a member of the risk management services team, she will help physicians and other members of the healthcare team avoid allegations of professional negligence and improve patient outcomes. She spends her free time riding horses, hiking, and camping. And her 23-year-old son is the light of her life. Jean, thanks for your time and welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, John. I've really been looking forward to our conversation.
2: Me too. I wanted to talk about what you do for Micah and frame this by starting with a question about this uh, this message that we often see on TV, radio, and print advertising, people will say, "Ask your doctor if this ad is right for you." So that's a common phrase that we see in advertising for pharmaceutical and medical device manufacturers. Does this advertising lead patients to demand something specific of their doctors?
1: You know, John, I think that there's no doubt that direct-to-consumer advertising by pharmaceutical companies leads some patients to request specific medications or treatments. Um, I read some studies published by the Pew Research Center. And one study interestingly said 43% of the patients surveyed thought that only completely safe drugs were allowed to be advertised. Uh, When it comes to brand name drugs, a Pew study found that a third of the patients spoke to their physician about a drug they saw advertised And one-fifth of those patients specifically requested a prescription for that drug.
2: What types of requests or demands do you see are most common?
1: Based on our calls that um, our MICA risk management department receives from MICA insureds asking for guidance in these situations, I would say that there are three types that are most common. One, a brand name drug that the patient saw advertised, and they're asking for that over a generic equivalent. Uh, Two, specific classes of drugs. So for example, antibiotics, uh, where they may not be indicated, or uh, opioids, rather than the patient wanting to try anti-inflammatories first. And then three... Certain tests, for example, where a patient has headaches, um, maybe they've even been worked up by the physician previously, um, and the workup indicates that the patient suffers from migraines, yet the patient comes in saying, my uncle has a brain tumor, and now the patient wants the physician to order a bunch of imaging uh, to make sure that they don't have a brain tumor.
2: Got it. How do physicians typically respond to these patient demands and how should they respond?
1: Well, there's some studies to confirm that physicians often agree to these requests, even when their professional judgment tells them otherwise. For example, JAMA published an article in 2013 with the results of a survey of 2,900 physicians. In that study, 40% of the physicians surveyed Reported that they quote, sometimes or often, unquote, prescribe a brand name drug even when an effective generic was available in response to a patient request. And in 2014, a state medical society survey um, said that physicians surveyed said they have written unnecessary prescriptions and orders for antibiotics, opioids, and tests just to avoid conflict and ensure better patient satisfaction scores. It's not surprising, really. Most physicians likely chose a career in medicine out of a desire to help people. They want to heal, comfort, and have good patient relationships. They also naturally worry about and want to avoid board complaints, lawsuits, and increasingly negative online reviews. All of these things may contribute to a tendency to yield to patient requests. In the end, however, a physician needs to utilize her education, training, and experience and exercise independent clinical judgment. If that judgment is at odds with what the patient is requesting, then the physician needs to say no. And so the challenge is how do you say no and still keep the patient happy? I think effective communication from the physician to the patient is the key in most of these situations. And I recognize that Physician time is at a premium these days because physicians need to see a certain number of patients in a day to keep their practice open and thriving. But taking the time for effective communication can pay dividends later by creating goodwill and a better patient experience. In general, patients who like their physician and feel heard by their physician are less likely to sue their physician. So, again, when a patient makes a request, take the time to listen. Try to understand why the patient is making the request. And if you decline the patient request, explain why and explain your alternative recommendation. Let me offer some general guidance. Acknowledge the patient's feelings and concerns. Listen to the patient and try to explore and understand their motivation for the request. Explore the patient's occupation, their living situation, their family responsibilities their hobbies when assessing the request and possibly better alternatives. Maybe the requested medication has a side effect that would be contraindicated, say for a commercial driver or somebody who uses uh, power tools. Provide the patient with complete information about risks, benefits, and alternatives. And when you say no, provide an explanation that incorporates this information and explains your thought process to the patient in language they can understand. Uh, For example, well, an MRI is an option, but let me tell you what I think we should do or what is the best option for you? Or, okay, we can consider your request, but let me tell you what I think. Or, well, I appreciate your request, but let me tell you why I think we shouldn't do that. Let me offer you some treatment options that aren't what you ask for and tell you how we can get you feeling better so you can mow your lawn. Try to maintain a human connection with the patient and commend the patient for being engaged in their treatment, researching their options, et cetera. Statements like, your concern is valid. I agree with you. I see your point, you're right. These all can indicate collaboration and shared decision-making even when you're not agreeing to the patient's request. And it wouldn't be complete risk management advice if I didn't tell you to always document these types of conversations in detail in the patient's chart. Where you can use quotes to reflect what the patient said, this is always ideal. And I want to just touch on one other thing, and this is a long answer, but I feel like this is a really important question. Um, there was an article published by the American Academy of Family Physicians which described the favor approach. It's F A V E R. And with that approach, a physician identifies or names her feelings about the patient request, analyzes what about the request makes her feel this way, i.e., would fulfilling the request be poor medical care, or would it be illegal, dishonest, or against policy? The physician then views the patient in the best possible light by assuming that the patient doesn't realize the request is wrong, explicitly states to the patient why the action requested would be poor medical care, or illegal, dishonest, or against policy, and then reestablish rapport with the patient by using empathy and I wish statements. And I'm just gonna read a few examples from the favor approach article about what to say. If it's poor care that you're concerned about, you might say it would be poor care for me to prescribe that medicine. You do not come to me to see me for poor care. You come to me for my best medical judgment or it would be poor care for me to do X. Good care would be Y. Or I understand that Dr. X has given you that in the past. Doctors do not always agree. You come to see me for my best medical opinion and I believe it would not be good care for you to take X. For something that you're concerned about is illegal or against policy, you could say, I understand why you want to avoid jury duty. I wish I could help you, but it would be illegal for me to state things that are not true. Or I'm sorry, you were not aware of those rules. We still have to follow them. And then finally, if your patient gets angry and makes threats, say the patient says, I'm going to report you to the board. You could say, even if you report me, I will not do what I believe is bad for you. Or the patient says, I'm going to leave your practice. You could say, I'm, I'll be sorry to lose you as a patient. However, I won't deliver poor care to keep you here.
2: Gene, that's great information. We'll take a short break now and when we come back we'll talk about why that matters and what the legal considerations may be.
0: This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona, the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. As a physician-led mutual, MICA has been Arizona's choice for medical professional liability insurance for nearly 45 years. We provide value to members with superior claims handling, and exceptional risk management programs. Call us today for a quote, or visit our website to learn more about MICA's premium coverage options and outstanding service. 602-956-5276 or www.mica-insurance.com.
1: Bureau of Medical Economics has been servicing the account collection needs of the medical community since 1951 with nearly 70 years of experience in this industry and proven results. We proudly consider our clients, your practice, an invaluable business partner. There is no obligation and no upfront cost. Please give us a call at 602-252-3469 for more information.
2: Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Our guest today is Gene Varner-Powell of MICA's Risk Management Services Department. Gene, before the break, we were talking about how physicians typically respond to patient demands and how they should respond. You offered a lot of really good guidance and some examples of what could be said. Why does this all matter? For example, um, tying this to the legal considerations, what are these legal considerations that physicians should weigh before deciding whether or not to cave to a patient's demands if they're in the patient's best interest?
1: Well, John, several issues come to mind for me on that question, and they all relate to the risk of a potential malpractice lawsuit or a board complaint. First, physicians need to consider the request and determine, is it clinically or medically appropriate for this patient in this situation? Is it medically necessary? If not, then a physician needs to firmly but professionally decline to prescribe or order it. Because complying with patient demands for things that are medically unnecessary creates real legal risks. When declining, again, the physician should take the time to explain his or her thought process and analysis to the patient in terms that the patient can understand. What can this accomplish? You can gain rapport with the patient, build trust, foster a better connection with the patient, demonstrate to the patient you have their best interests in heart, and explain to them that you're not going to order things that are medically unnecessary for them or that will result in a large cost burden for them. Um, Second, think about the scenario of a patient requesting a particular drug she saw advertised on TV. What if it's a medically appropriate option for that patient, but perhaps not the best option or the most cost-effective option for the patient? What if there are similar drugs with less side effects? As a physician, you have a duty to make sure that the patient is fully informed so that they can participate in their healthcare decision making process. Patients need to be provided information on all risks, benefits, and alternatives of their request so they can make an informed decision. You know, critics of the direct to consumer advertising say that the ads confuse patients by providing this rosy picture where the patient is very attractive, they're lounging around on the TV ad, and they make these persuasive claims without supplying all the information about the risks or alternatives. Unfortunately, it's the physician's duty to counteract this by providing the patient with all the information and perhaps recommending a different medication that might be more appropriate and maybe comes with less side effects or a lesser cost. If the prescription the patient is requesting is not covered by insurance, can they afford it? If not, this may affect their compliance with treatment if they're not able to stay on the medication consistently. And last, I would offer the scenario of, you know, what if you order a test and it's not medically necessary and insurance denies it? What do you say to the patient when they complain that they have to pay this huge amount out of pocket because of that denial? What if you didn't have a conversation with them at the start explaining that it's not indicated and there's a risk that insurance could deny it and they could be saddled with this cost? Some patients at that point might get mad and blame the physician. And it's entirely possible that they then file a board complaint. Um, as a result of their dissatisfaction. That's obviously something every physician wants to avoid. And even if the complaint is found to be without merit by the board, it's a waste of the physician's time, money, and emotional energy to defend against these things.
2: Thank you, Jean. Um, It sounds like that requires a lot more time than the average physician typically has these days with a patient, uh, unfortunately to go through everything and to to combat like professional marketing on TV, radio, and everywhere online. That's really, really difficult.
1: It's a catch 22. And, um, you know, I, I think that it is important to talk with patients about these things. Yes. You might have to be briefer than I am in my long winded remarks, but You need to have these conversations with them and document these conversations with them because quite frankly, patients can file lawsuits and board complaints. And again, even where they might ultimately be determined to be meritless, it takes a lot of time, uh, money, emotional energy to defend. And so in some cases, you have to try and Front end these things by including those conversations on the front end so that you avoid the heartache on the back end.
2: Gene, that's a great point. I want to close with this question. Micah has a risk management services department. How does Micah support physicians who need guidance about patient demands?
1: Well, thanks for asking that, John. Uh, my department's One of my department's main functions is to support and guide MICA insured physicians and practices in their daily risk management decisions. And to do that, we offer our MICA members a variety of resources. I think maybe our most popular resource is our risk management hotline and insureds like that because all they have to do is pick up the phone and call us Monday through Friday, 8.30 to five and either I or other senior risk management consultants and supervisors in our department answer these calls. We hear from physicians, allied health professionals, practice managers, RNs, all types of practice employees and they call us with wide ranging medical professional liability questions related to their day-to-day practice operations or sometimes more immediate emergent situations. We do hear frequently from physicians and staff asking how to handle demanding or difficult patients and on many other topics. And we also often follow up our verbal advice on the call with an email that contains, um, for example, relevant literature or articles or sample forms or templates for the practice to use. We also offer regular webinars and podcasts that feature presentations by local attorneys, risk management professionals, and other physicians and healthcare professionals. We have a quarterly magazine called Risk Advisor that's approved for CME, and that contains timely articles on a variety of risk management and medical professional liability topics. And then multiple times each month, we send out hot topics by email. Hot topic is a guidance article on a time sensitive topic that we believe that practices need to know about now. And some of those topics that we've covered recently include the new Arizona telehealth expansion law, telemedicine consent, uh, the new and uh, confusing information blocking rule, how to guard against ransomware attacks, um, guidance on policies requiring patients to wear masks in the clinic, guidance on COVID vaccination considerations, and lots more.
2: Gene Varner Powell of the MICA Risk Management Services Department, thank you so much for coming on the Arizona Physician Podcast.
1: Thank you, John. It was my pleasure. Founded in 1892, Maricopa County Medical Society is a strong, collective physician voice.
0: Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.